0: All right, well, I like to do that from time to time just because, thank you, I think sometimes we come to church and we sit down in our chair and we just kind of, say, okay, I'm not going to talk to anyone, but we want to get to know each other, so, um, well, today's message is going to be kept very short. Mexico is plain Netherlands, so, uh, just kidding, <laughs> just kidding, no, no. Um, I know, I do have my iPhone right here though, I'm watching the score, so if I say go, you guys know what I mean. So, uh, no, I have gotten a little into soccer, I always give Ben Daly a hard time, Be- being from England, I always give him a hard time about soccer, but I love the World Cup, so I am into it. Um, how's England doing? <laughs> okay, alright, no, but we will uh, get into the Word, uh, we'll open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much for... For this day, God, we thank you because God, I believe that uh you want each and every one of us here today, and that God you've orchestrated and ordained for us to be here, and God, it's no accident and God, I pray that that our hearts are to be open and that uh you speak to us today God, there's some here that maybe have have something going on in their life and something difficult and lord uh I just pray that 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 we would remember that you love us so much and that you you tell us to cast all our cares upon you. So, God, we thank you so much for, for who you are and for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my name is Ben, and uh, my wife and I, Cameron, do the kids' ministry. She's over there um, dealing with the kids, and uh, we do enjoy that, though. And so they've asked me to, the pastor just asked me to speak this week. Last week, Jim Kinzer spoke. Uh, Judd is in, I believe, Texas on vacation, so... He's he's enjoying himself. He texted me this morning. He said, "Hey, I'm praying for you," and so um, I get to share. I I do take this very seriously. Um, you know, yesterday I had I had the message already done and um it was completed and I was, was coming back home and Cameron I was talking to Cameron, my wife, and she said, "Hey, I saw your message. It's good. You know, I like it." I said, "Oh, thanks. I'm not done." And she goes, "Yeah, yeah. I think it's good. I think you should." change anything and so I get home and I look at it and I just started praying and praying for this message and I felt like you know what that's not the message and 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 I I scratched the whole thing at like four o'clock not corrected some things like I scratched it and just tossed it out and started over and I come out like two hours later and Kim's like you done I go no I just started I actually just scratched the whole thing and she's like really I go yeah I said I just I, I take this very seriously and 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 I could, I have sermons already prepped and I said I can, I could share it and God's word never returns void and I'm sure the Lord will move, but I want to speak on, on what I feel God's leading me to speak on. And and that's, that's where I get excited and that's where I feel, I feel like there is something that God wants to share today. And so as I prepare for it and I study and I pray and I'm like, God, what do you want me to learn from this? Um, it's something that's for me as well. I believe for you guys. And so the verse I want to speak about today. Is a verse that that I think we all know, and I think we get so used to hearing it. It's John three sixteen. You know, in kids' church, I ask the kids, "All right, what's John 3.16? And every kid they don't even raise their hand, and it just becomes a a huge noise fest. <laughs> and they're yelling it out, and it's like a competition to see who gets it done first. And I think if we were to ask you what's John three sixteen, we all could say it. And I think so often we look at that passage, and we just read over it. You know, I've I've been in rooms where where the question is asked, what's your favorite verse? And somebody says, you know, Roman, someone says, first Corinthians this, and someone says, oh, uh, Galatians this. Someone says, John 3, <laughs> 16. Everyone starts laughing because it's like a joke. It becomes this, 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 this verse that we all take for granted. You guys have all watched football games. There's the, the big fat guy with John 3, 16 across his stomach. Right. Right. Just saying, Woo, look at me. I love God. You're like, really? But, that's him. You like you're weird. But um but that's, that's we, we see that verse so often that we just forget about it and the power behind it. And so I believe that God wants me to share about God's love today. And you know, I, I'm married and I, I love my wife and we've gotten to know each other and we've gotten to 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 go through difficult times together. We've we've experienced great things together, we've we've had trials, we've had uh, victories, and, and, and I, I understand her love language, and she understands mine, and, and I understand what she means. You know, women, like you have, you say something, but you mean something else. Like, I've learned that. You know, she'll tell me, like, you're so annoying. I know that that means I love you. She tells me, like, like, uh why do you just bug me every day? I know that means I'm the man of her dreams. Like, I, I get it. And so, we're learning. And, uh, you know, we just had a baby, and and, and, and and I see this little baby, this little squirt, and I'm like, man, if you don't know, I've got three girls, and for years I've been praying for a boy, and the first one came, and it was a girl, and uh, when I found out it was a girl, I I cried, and it wasn't tears of joy. Cameron's like, are you crying? And I never cry, and, and I was like, I just want a boy. And the second one came, I was like, Lord, what did I do? Third one came. I'm like, all right, I'm backslidden or something. Um, (laughs) And we tried for the fourth and final, and the Lord blessed us with the little boy. (laughs) And uh, so, (laughs) don't tell my girl. No, so so I do do take this time very seriously, and I do believe that, that God wants us to know his love. And the reason I bring up Cameron and our baby and you guys, some of me, who are married and have kids is you understand love to a certain point. We understand love to a certain point because our kids, we look at them, we're like, I would do anything for them. And yet we look at God's love and how God calls us his children and God's, God's love is so much greater than our love for our kids. But in a very small, minuscule way, we can understand God's love. And so as we look at John three sixteen. I'll read it and I, I, I can say it out of memory but I want to read it because I want to be like this is the word of God. It says For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You know as I as I prayed when we first started I I, I feel like this is a God moment and I feel like all of us are here. I was having lunch with a, a friend of mine Past uh, about two months ago, and he got back from Korea, and he was doing some, some ministry there, and he was training some, some leaders there, and, and he's like, oh, it's a little frustrating because they don't get it. They want to do this and that. And, and I said, what, do you, uh, what, did, what did God teach you? Because we were just talking about what God is teaching us in this season. And, and I asked him, what is, what is God teaching you? What did he teach you there? And he said, without hesitation, to pray. He said, God taught me to pray. He said, man, these Koreans, they will get together and they will just pray. They don't have special church prayer meetings. He says, they'll call each other. Hey, come over. Okay. They're excited and they come together and they pray for hours. He goes, everything they do, they pray uh, about it. They pray for hours. And I'd heard that. I had heard about um, what God is doing in South Korea and, and Korea and just how God's moving, and there's, I, I've spoken to a missionary who said there's actual prayer boxes where, where these Koreans will go inside and lock themselves in and pray. And he goes, man, we, we don't do that here in the States, in the in, in the United States. We don't do that. He goes, I wonder why that is. And he goes, and I see God doing some crazy things in Korea. And, and he goes, well, I don't know what it is. And I started thinking about it, and, and we're just sitting there thinking about it. I said, you know what I think it is? I said, you know, because I've gone overseas, I've been to Asia, I've been to South America, Central America, inner city. I said, in other countries, like third world countries, if their baby is sick, they pray, and that's it. Here in the States, we pray, and we take them to the doctor. Now, don't get me wrong, we we have godly doctors. We've been blessed beyond blessed because we have doctors, because we have physicians, we have people like that. So don't say, don't take your kid to the doctor, but I think there's a level of expectation that these people in other countries where their choice is either, I believe God can heal my kid, or they're going to die. You know, when, 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 when my kid gets sick, and uh, I, I will, is that good? Okay, when my kid gets sick, you know, we do the same thing. We pray, post on Facebook, pray for my kid, take it to the doctor, and I believe everyone's praying. And so I think it's this expectation that they have of what God is going to do. And I think sometimes we show up to Sundays and we say, okay, I'm going to show up, get my donut, get my coffee, sit down, hear a message, go home, go through the week. And we don't come with the expectation that God is going to do something. For me, I, I, like I said, I changed my message. I said, God, I just, I, I just, I, I believe that, that that you're going to do something and I expect you to do something. And there's so many times that I don't, I'll be honest. There's times that I come to Eagle Bible Church and I just say, okay, I'm gonna do my kids' thing, do some videos, do the message, get done, and that's it. I think if we're honest, we're all guilty of that, of saying, Okay, I'm gonna go do my thing, and that's it. And so as I look at this passage, John three sixteen, talking about God's love for us, his infinite love for us, it all starts with understanding this love. And so I wanna talk about today four significant truths about God's love. You know, the first one is God loves unconditionally. We've all heard that that God loves you no matter what, that there's nothing you could ever do that would make God love you any more, make God love you any less. And as we read John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. You know, this is the gospel in a nutshell. This is said to be the most memorized, the most quoted verse in the entire Bible, that this verse is it. And yet we've gotten so numb to it and what it really means. When we break it down, we see the greatest object of God's love, the world. Man, God created this world and he looked at it and he said, I love this world. I love the people in it. He said in this verse, John 3, 16, the greatest gift God could give us, his son, Christ. I think that's the difference between us and and a lot of other religions is we, we see God and we see Jesus and we say Jesus was God and Jesus physically died on a cross and paid for my sins because there's such a separation between me and God that I could never earn my way into heaven and so God needed to send his son Christ to die on the cross for me to be that bridge between me and God and now I have that gift in front of me. We see the greatest recipient, whoever believes Whoever believes. Give your Bibles. Turn to Romans chapter 10 verse 9. It says that if you confess with your mouth. Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. In John 3.16, we see the greatest recipient here, whoever believes. How do you believe? That's how you believe. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is God. and He's been raised. We see the greatest intention of God's love, shall not perish. God said, I, my intention is that no one should perish, that no one should perish, that, that all would come to know me. You know, I've talked to people who said, man, if God loves you so much, why does he send you to hell? And I say, you know, God, God doesn't send anyone to hell. Matter of fact, hell was never created for man. Hell was created for someone else, for Satan. And, and I, say, I say, God doesn't send anyone. We see people, we all have, have friends, and we know people who, who say, you know what? I have nothing to do with God. God says, okay, I'll give you what you want. And God will sometimes, or God, as if you accept Christ, the Bible says that we'll have eternal life with him. God will give you that gift. But some choose the gift of eternal separation. Some say, you know what? I don't want anything to do with God. I don't need God. I'm fine on my own. As a matter of fact, I, want, I don't want God for eternity. And it's a choice that they make. In John 3, 16, we also see the greatest duration of God's love, eternal life. And have you guys ever thought about eternity? Just sat there and closed your eyes and said, right, I'm going to think about eternity. And then you start, like, your brain almost starts to get on fire. You're like, okay, you almost got to the end. Then, oh, no, that's a much longer. It's hard to think about eternity. But that's the, the duration of God's love. You know, in, in John three sixteen, as we see this, the Jews at this day rarely thought that God had a love for the world. They thought that God was just love. The idea that, that God would send Christ that, that to pay for their sins, to die on a cross, to redeem them so that they could spend eternity with, with the Lord was crazy. It was, it was just, it was revolutionary for them to believe that. And yet that's what God said. That's what, that's, what, that's what he says here in his word. Romans 5a says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. God's love is unconditional. Man, he, he loves us so much. I was talking to a friend of mine who, who, who uh, we work with, and um, he told me, he goes, man, I just, uh, one day this guy, our coworker was crying, and, or he was mad. He was so mad, and he was arguing with his wife, and, and, uh, and he told him, he goes, man, you know what? I just need you to know God loves you. And he said he just began to cry. Adult man's man just cried. Didn't accept the Lord, but he just cried because he he goes, I had never, I've never heard that. And it's crazy to believe that there's people in this world, let alone people in Eagle County, that have never heard someone tell them, God loves you. And yet we work with them. But I think often we we, we get into this routine of, all right, well, I'm just gonna work with them, not gonna, you know, it's a little awkward, you know, I, it's sharing your faith, and I'm a little nervous, and man, I'm a little nervous. But that's the reality. You know, we see that second point. So we got God's love is unconditional. Number two, God's love reaches beyond all circumstances in our life. Beyond all circumstances. Some of you guys here, everything's great. You're smooth sailing, everything's good. There's some of you here who maybe are going through something in your life. You're going through a trial. You're going through through something very, very difficult. You know, I can remember in uh, June 28, 1997, there was a significant event that I will never forget. It was Mike Tyson versus Evander Holyfield, part two. I was, like, working, and, and the, I wasn't able to watch the fight, so I had my uncle record it on VHS, because that's what we used back then. And I said, man, record it for me. Do not tell me anything. At work, people were like, oh, man, did you watch? I'm like, stop, 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 don't say anything. Don't say anything. I'm watching the fight. So 10 o'clock, I drive to his house. I pick up the VHS, plug in my ears, don't say anything. He's smiling. He's like, I want to tell you. I'm like, shut up. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. I get the VHS. I drive home. I pop it in. And in the second round, I think, or whatever it was, Mike Tyson bites his ear. You guys remember that fight? Who remembers that fight? He bites his ear. And I'm like, no way that just happened. And they keep fighting, and he bites it again, and Evander covers up his ears and starts going crazy, and I'm, my jaw dropped. I, I've never seen biting in a boxing match. And, 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 and it was at that point that Mike Tyson just got weird. I mean, let's be honest. He just got weird after that point. But it was a great fight, and, and it was a great thing to watch, and I remember, I'll never forget it, and I remember <coughs> hearing a quote from Mike Tyson and, and, and I don't ever take what Mike Tyson says seriously, but he said something that made me really think about it. something. He said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> Pretty good, huh? Think about that. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. And As I thought about that, I'm like, man, that's us as Christians. Man, we got this plan to follow God. We're going to go to church. We're going to pray. We're going to, man, read the Bible. We're going to do our devotions. We're going to invite people to our house. We're going to share God's love. And then life just punches us right in the face with something terrible, something tragic. Man, here at Eagle Bible, we've had, we've had babies pass away. Man, that's a huge punch to the face. We've had, we've had people dealing with marriage problems. We've had people... Dealing with with deaths. We've had people dealing with hurt. With finances. With so many things. I think if we're all honest, we've all dealt with something. We've all had a big punch in the face. And yet, in those times, we say, God, why? We begin to maybe question God. Or maybe we begin to doubt God's love for us. And we forget this point of God's love reaches beyond all circumstances in life. That even in our lowest of lows, God is there. And no matter what god is there man i look at this this bible and, and and i see all the areas where god loved and and it's it's hard for me to comprehend god's love as i read the bible you know uh a few a few months ago we were reading the action bible with our kids and 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 i'll tell you if you don't have that it's it's cool it's got like it's it's basically a a comic book uh what is it called uh drawer who got saved and now he illustrates the bible in comic book form but man many times i've read something and been like hey cam all right call her baby hey babe man i didn't know this and she's like yeah i didn't know that either and the pictures are really cool because they're graphic-y and like you know they're not cheesy you know they have like uh, i'll just be honest i forgot the story of the guy who stabs the king the big fat king and the knife gets stuck in his stomach i, I, I forgot that and yeah, I'm like, "Hey Bell, look at this." She's just like, "Ooh." Um, no no, not really. You know, but I forgot that. But man, as I was reading that, we were reading the story of Joseph. And 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 something caught my attention as I was reading the story of Joseph. If you don't know the story of Joseph? Here's this boy who gets thrown into this pit. He's going to get killed. One brother says, "You know what? Let's say, let's let's just sell him." So they sell him to these people, he gets traded sold to Egypt and he's he's in Egypt and he's He's basically put over all these people, and and then gets thrown into prison. Eventually, God God will uh, do some amazing things in his life. But as I read the story in 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 this action Bible and and in the real Bible or the my version of the Bible in Genesis forty one, it starts out and it says this, and this is what bugged me. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. Right before that, Joseph's in prison. Here's Joseph trusting God, saying, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. I'm going to go where you want me to go. And and he's in prison, and he he gets thrown in prison because he gets falsely accused of something. He's in prison. And then the next chapter says, when two full years had passed. And that part bugged me. Because I said, man, God, why? Like, why did you have Joseph wait in prison for two years? Couldn't you have taught him a lesson? Like, here he is following you. Here he is saying, I'll go and do whatever you want me to do. I won't, man, I'm not going to sin. You know, Pharaoh's wife was basically saying, hey, sleep with me. He said, no, I can't sin against God. He's doing everything, quote unquote, right. He's following God. And here he is, two years in prison. And it bugged me. And it still bugs me like, God, why, why? I just don't understand why you couldn't teach him that lesson. I mean, what, what did you teach him? He's, he's here following you and now he's in prison. Man, that's a punch to the face right there. And in Micah 6, 8, this verse says, do not rejoice over me. My enemy, though I have fallen, I will stand up though. I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. You know, that's a passage that I've held dear to my heart for years in times of difficulty and in times of struggle where, where I said, God, I'm in darkness right now. And some of you might be in darkness right now. You may feel like you're in darkness and you may be, but that passage says, you're my light. Though I have fallen, I will stand up. And some of you are fallen and it's, it's knowing God's love and knowing God's character and knowing that God's love reaches beyond all circumstances in our life. Romans 8.38 says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. And that's some powerful love that God has for us. Yeah, I think so often we just say, ah, God loves us. Yeah, I know that. I know. And we just, ah, it's kind of like, ah. Man, there's God's love. When we, when we try to wrap our minds around that, like God's love reaches all circumstances. That's powerful. There's a quote from a pastor. Who says, a faith that cannot be shaken is a faith that has been shaken. And man, I see God's God's mercy on, on us when we go through trials. That is God refining us, God making us stronger, God making us just grow in our character. And that is powerful. You know, the third thing is God's love commands us to love. You know, when I gave my life to the Lord when I was 18 years old at a Billy Graham crusade, I rededicated my life to the Lord and... Man, after that, I just wanted to tell everybody. I just wanted to tell everybody about Christ. I want to tell everybody what God did in my life and how he set me free from so many things. And I remember the excitement. I remember I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get home, and I couldn't wait to read the Bible, and I couldn't wait to pray, and, oh, I just couldn't wait to tell someone else about Jesus. And then I grow up. And we grow up. Then that excitement kind of is like, ah, I got to prioritize. I don't have that many hours in the day to really share Christ with people. There's no way I could spend two hours of prayer a day. I got kids now. I can't do these, these things for the Lord because I know responsibilities. And again, here in my heart, I'm not saying we dodge all responsibilities and quit our jobs and just go do this. Maybe God's calling you to do that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is as we grow older, we lose that childlike faith. Me and my daughters, they'll they'll jump in my arms when I'm not expecting it because they're just like, you're gonna catch me. I've got food. I'm like, no, you know, because they're just like woo, jumping off like the, the cabinets and everything, and I'm like, ugh, oh, catching them. You know, but but they have this faith that I'm gonna catch them no matter what. Regardless of where they'll jump on my back, and I, I've officially reached the age where I'm like, oh babe, baby, you can't jump on my back like that. You're gonna pull my back out. And I feel old when I say that. But Belle's like, what? Like, I'm just jumping on your back. And I'm like, I know, but I'm old. You know, um, but I've gotten to that point. But she just says, I'm going to jump on your back and you will catch me. She expects that from me. And sometimes as we grow older, we, we, we lose that expectation for God that no matter what situation, no matter what we're going through, regardless of what we, we lose that expectation that God's going to love me, that God's going to provide for me, that God's going to supply all my needs. And we, we lose that. But God's love commands us to love others. And there's a story of a, of a pastor that I heard that he would just start giving things away. He was just generous. He just, he just was, had a generous heart. People would come over and they'd be like, oh, that, that's nice, I like that. And he would just give it away. And, and and whenever he had extra money, he would just say, "Hey, I want to bless you." He began to give money away, and and his wife was like, or they asked his wife, like, "Man, you know, he's pretty generous. He's just always giving stuff away." And it's not like you guys have, you know, um, I mean, they're doing well, but it's not like he's just giving out of overflow. He's just giving whatever he had away. And she asked him, she goes, "Does that ever bug you that he just?" She goes, "No, I've learned that's just how he is. He just wherever we go." Every city we go to, he just has to give things away to people. And she's like, well, why do you think that is? And she thought about it, and she said, I just don't think he's ever gotten over the fact that Christ died for him. When I heard that story, it it really just hit my heart. I'm like, man, God, have I lost that that, that desire to to say, you know what? Man, I'm going to go all for broke. I'm going to go all out for God. And have I lost that God where, where, where I'm not in gaga eyes for you? Have I lost it? She said that. I just don't think he's ever gotten over the fact that Christ died for him. Are we those kind of Christians? I said, you know what? I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm going to love that person I work with. You know, that, that awkward conversation that I may have when they ask me, hey, where are you going on Sunday and why do you go to church? Am I going to be honest with them and really tell them, I'm going to church because I believe that there's a God and that he loves me and that I want to grow in my faith and that there's an eternity and that if I'm not with him, that I'm going to be eternally separated, not because he hates me, but because, you know, I, are we going to go that route? Or are we going to say, oh, I'm just going to go to church just because? What kind of Christians are we going to be? Philippians 1.9 says, and this is my prayer, that you love; your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight. I think we're commanded to love others. The fourth is receiving God's love is an act of faith. Romans 8.1 says, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Man, through our imperfections that we have to choose to accept Christ or God's love. Through what you've done, You know, there's some of you who may be saying, you know what, God can't love me. The things that I've done, there's just no way God can love me through that. Well, you know what that is? It's not, oh, i got to convince you that God loves you. No, you know what that is? That's pride. That's saying, that's you saying, you know what, I know God, I know what God can forgive and what he can't, and God can't forgive this. It's pride. Saying, oh, I'm dealing with issues in my life, or I'm dealing with this struggle. Oh, I'm struggling. No one can help you know what that is? It's not, oh, poor you. It's pride. It's you saying, you know what? Jesus, I know you said cast all your cares upon you because you care for me. But you know what? Not this one. I'm going to deal with this on my own. And pride is the root. And so when we say, okay, God loves us and we receive it as God as an act of faith, that's how we have to do it. Because there's times when you don't feel God's love. Right? Let's be honest. There's times you don't feel it. There's times you may not see it. In circumstances, and yet, it's not what we feel; it's what we know, and who we know God's character to be. You know, the Bible tells us that we're made in God's image, and that He created us, knowing our faults. That before we were, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, I like that uh, story of the theologian who, who they asked, "What have you learned over all these years?" And he said. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That was it. That little saying that we learned when we were four or five years old, after all these years of being being in school and learning and growing in his faith, at the end of his life, he said, that is what matters. God's love. I'll end with this. Cameron and I were at a marriage retreat. Couple year, or When we first got married, second year I think we got married. And uh, it was great because we got to just talk about marriage and talk about things that we don't like to talk about as guys like, how are you feeling? You know, like <laughs> I don't know any dude who does that. You know, after a long day of work, babe, just tell me how you're feeling. You know, so it, it was one of those, and, and it was great. Man, I you know, just truly like how are you doing? How are we doing? How, how can I be better? What area am I not doing good in? Oh, that's another one. But I remember hearing this story, and, and, and like I said, I'll end with this. This pastor was sharing about uh, a, count, a marriage counseling that he was doing, and, and one of the, as a married couple, or they were going to get married, as a couple that he'd known for, for quite some time, and the guy that he was counseling, both Christian couple, he had CP, cerebral palsy and and the pastor described him, he goes, you know, his hands were contorted. And when he walked, he kind of did this. And so he couldn't fully, he he was fully there, fully mentally there, a hundred percent, but cerebral palsy just affected the way he walked, the way he, he reacted all this. And so, um, over the course of marriage counseling, a topic came up and his spouse also had cerebral palsy. So it was two, two, uh, man and a woman. And, uh, the pastor said, you know, he was in a marriage council with him and and, and, and the guy was feeling down and he said, you know, uh, Pastor so and so, I'm just feeling a little insecure as a man, as a husband, because as men we're we're called to protect our wives and we're called to to sacrifice ourselves for them and, and I'm just I'm I'm I don't feel like I can protect my wife because I, I have this disability. And the pastor said, Man, God's God's called you to, you know, if you're going to marry her, I would just, it went, because the guy was just like, how do I protect her? How do I do it? He said, you just always get between you and what's going to, or her and what's going to hurt her. Just get between it. So if a guy comes and he's trying to fight, you just get between her and that guy. So all he heard was, okay, I'll get between whatever's going to hurt my wife. And so he continued the marriage counseling and, you know, it had been a couple weeks, and the next time he came in, he had a, he had like a scar, big lip cut, and the, the pastor said, what happened? Well, we were walking, and, and, you know, we were walking, just enjoying the day, and my wife tripped over something, and I saw that she was going to fall, and so I threw myself on the ground, and she landed on me course everyone's just crying this picture of this this man who who loved his wife and the only way he could defend her is to get between that hard surface and his wife he sacrificed his body and i hear that story and i say man that is the exact picture of what god has done for us he he said you know what i'm going to send my son christ to die on the cross for you so that we would all come to know him so we would all have eternal life and pay that sin. And some people get up. And say hey thanks for helping me out there. And they walk away. And others would say. Man I, I want to live for you. Thank you for sacrificing your body for me. You know God gives us. What we want. When it comes to salvation. You know it's a gift. And if some of us. If you choose. God I'm going to serve you. I want to live for you. I want to confess that that you've died on the cross for me, and that, man, I believe that the only way to heaven is through you, we'll have that. And yet there's some who say, I don't want anything to do with that. You know, so as I finish up that verse, John three sixteen, as I reread it, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You know, that's, that's a powerful verse. And my prayer is that whenever you see that verse, that you understand this love that God has for us. It's been said that a lot of people are going to miss heaven by about eight inches distance from their head to their heart because their heart can't wrap around what their mind is telling them. Because this is weird. Let's be honest. As To the world, this is weird that we come into a room, we sit down, we sing some songs, and then we open up this book that's old, and 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 we we read it, and we see what this God is going to tell us through our hearts. that's weird to the world, but yet we know that the cross is not foolishness, it's the power of God. And so today, as we as we finish up, I'm going to ask one of our elders, Chris Emmer, to come up and take communion, and I want to just close in prayer, and then he's going to Come on up. And so would you guys bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we just, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, God, because you're a God that loves us. And God, would you forgive us for, and forgive me, Lord, for not always expecting from you. God, as I read your word, I I see that you're a great God and that, God, you are so loving. And I don't always receive your love. There are times that I choose not to receive your love and your grace and your forgiveness. And so, God, would you just change our hearts? God, would you just help us, Lord, to, to understand your love a little better? And, God, if there's anyone here who would say, I don't have a relationship with Christ. I pray that they would just talk to someone, that they would just open up their hearts and say, I need, I need this, this man named Jesus. And so, God, we, we thank you and we love you. We thank you, God, because regardless of what we've done and what we're going to do, how we're going to fail, you're here for us. And so, God, be with us today, we ask in your name. Amen.